assurance. I am not a lucky man. I am a blessed man. There not here a prophet. Is there not here a man who can romance God? Hey. I said, hey. Can I prophesy this? Prophesy. Your door has been opened. Amen. I said, your door has been opened. Amen. I speak at the servant of God. That your door. Amen. Lift up your right hand with me wherever you are and close your eyes for a word of prayer. Father, we give you glory once again for tonight and for what you have done up to now. I ask Spirit of the living God that take absolute control over this meeting. Cause us to enter the realm of glory and let your power be evidence tonight that at the end of the day, we will say that the Lord has done it again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. amen. Oh, I said amen. Yeah. I want to bless God once again for the gift of life. And uh, for the opportunity uh, even to bring you the word of God. In case you have your Bible here, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 and um, um, let us take it from the verse 7 downwards but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait, in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Go with me to Joel chapter 2.
Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I want to talk tonight on the message I started yesterday, redefining the prophetic. 21 prophetic mysteries you must know. Yesterday we established the fact that God will do nothing unless he makes his revelation available to his servant, the prophet. Meaning that every divine agenda on earth will first be communicated to this vehicle who are custodians of divine secret. Prophets are God's confidants. That means that any time God wants to carry out any program on earth, God will first make it available or known to his servant, the prophet. We also understand that God has a place that we call the secret place. And because he abides in the secret place, the secret things belong to him. But those of God's secret that are revealed belongs to us and to our children. And I took you from the number one to number seven. Number one, I made it to understand that uh, the mystery of the Holy Spirit, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the prophetic. Number two, I made it to understand the mystery of prophetic focus, that the essence of the prophetic is the revelation of Jesus. That any time the prophetic is manifested, Jesus becomes the focal point. Number three, I said that the mystery of divine activation. That any time the true prophetic is manifested, it bears a genuine anger in the people of God to hear from God for themselves. Number four, I said the mystery of the source. That the authenticity of a prophetic word is not determined by how accurate or detailed it is, but is determined by the source. Number five, I talked about the mystery of prophetic limitation. And I said a prophet don't know everything. Every prophet is limited by the knowledge God makes available to them. So anytime you meet any man of God who pretends to know everything, he is just lying to you. Number six, I spoke about the mystery of the humanity of the prophet. And I made you to understand that prophets are not above humanity. But the words they declare are words impregnated with the thought of God. In other words, they are perfect words declared by the perfect God, declared by the lips of the prophet, which is an imperfect lips, in order for God to see his word manifested. But what God does most of the time is to turn, tune, and uh, cause the prophet to yield himself so he can flow as a servant of God. Then number seven, I spoke about um, the mystery of yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
I want to continue from the number eight, and I number. I to continue from number seven. Wow. Okay. So we we'll believe God to continue from number seven, and um, it's my prayer that by the time this service come to an end, the Lord will bless you. Uh, many many years ago, when God called me. Uh, into this glorious ministry, there were three mandates that God committed into my hands. Uh, the first mandate was to teach the world that all things are possible through the preaching of the word of it. The second mandate is to raise up the foundation of many ministries and ministers. And the third mandate is to redefine the prophetic. And so I believe that the Lord has released me in such a time like this, not only to prophesy, but to cause people to understand what the prophetic ministry stands for. So we are dealing with number seven, and um, according to number seven, the mystery of yielding to the Holy Spirit. I've had a lot of people ask me all kinds of questions about the prophetic and how I am able even to yield myself so that God will use me. Now, as I made you to understand, every prophet is a man, every prophet is a human being, and it's not above humanity. Now, the mystery of yielding to the Holy Spirit says, when the prophet yields up, the hemisphere of his mind, his heart, and spirit to the creativity of the Holy Spirit, he enters a realm where he is able to capture the mind and decode the plans of God and paint them as pictures of reality, of divine agenda. In other words, any time that God wants to use a prophet, the prophet must come to a realm where he yields his mind, his spirit, his thought, and everything to the creativity of the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit of God can paint a picture of divine reality into the human. So prophets don't speak by their own. They speak by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That means that before a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, he will need the stirring up of the Spirit. And by the stirring up of the Spirit, he can speak on behalf of God. And as he speaks on behalf of God, the words he declares are impregnated with the thought of God. The words he declares are impregnated with the power of God. So prophecy that is born out of the Spirit carries God's integrity, carries God's power, carries God's spirit. In other words, whatever the spirit of the Lord would have done, immediately a prophetic word is declared. That prophetic word has the ability to do that which God wants to do. Get me a bottle of water empty and one not empty. Now, any time a prophet yields himself, his tongue loses touch with humanity. His tongue loses touch with the flesh. Uh -uh. Are, you, are you doing calculations? 
Are you doing calculations? No, please. Wow. You have to go and study accounting. I studied accounting. You studied accounting. Where? UPS. UPS. This is your index number. Because I will talk to you. There is something that God wants you to do. Now, as I was speaking, I was speaking just like a man who has opened the Bible by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to teach. But suddenly, I entered a different realm. Because my spirit is yielded to the Holy Spirit. Then the creativity of the spirit cannot find operation in me. Now look here. I said, I need somebody to come and help me. I said, anytime a prophet begins to speak, the word he speaks carries God's integrity. The word he speaks carries God's power. The word he speaks carries God's nature. So anything that God would have done, immediately a prophet begins to speak. The word he speaks now is able to fulfill that which God wants to do. So if you take this one, this bottle to be God, and this bottle to be a prophet. Now, any time a prophet is empty, he does not have value. Any time a prophet is disconnected from God, there is nothing he can speak. Any time a prophet lose touch with divinity, he operates like a man born by the flesh. He that is born of the flesh is flesh, and he that is born of the spirit is spirit. So when there is a disconnection from the spirit, the prophet begins to talk like a flesh man. He talks like a man of the flesh. How is you do? How is you do? <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, sit down. Let me finish all that I'm doing. I was saying that we take this one to be God. Now, God was filled with water. So, anytime God releases his word into the prophet, Whatever God was containing, that is what the prophet contained. So, the water stands for the word of God. Now, because there was water here, when I poured it here, it is water and not Coke or Fanta. Now, anytime a prophet buys into the mind of God, the words he declares carries God's nature, carries God's integrity, carries God's power. Now, because the word carries God's power, it has that ability to accomplish that which God wants to accomplish. So, when a prophet connected to God says you are blessed, what you receive is blessing. When a prophet connected to God says you are healed, what you receive is healing. When a prophet connected to God says that in the next seven days you are going to break through, what you are going to do is that you are going to break through. The reason is because the word spoken by the prophet is impregnated with the integrity of God. The word spoken by the prophet is impregnated with the nature of God. And that which God says must happen is that which will happen. That's what God said, my word, that has been declared, that has been spoken, is not mandated to return unto me for, but it must accomplish the purpose for which I designed it, the purpose for which I sent it. So anytime a prophetic word is declared,
declared, no matter what happens, that word shall find fulfillment. Hallelujah. Take microphone. Come to this line. Count up to five. One, two, three, four, five. Who sat? Who knows Mary Magdalene? You know Mary Magdalene. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now the Mary Magdalene was a was a classmate many years ago. Yes, please. Okay, sit down. Now, what am I saying? I, I have just entered a different realm. So even though I'm here, you can see me, but I am walking on a different planet. Oh, you can't get me tonight. If you get me, my work is done. So now, I'll come back to all those things. I want to now. Hallelujah. 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 Are you with me, church? So let me move to number eight. I don't have to waste much time on that. Number eight is the mystery of prophetic revelation. The mystery of prophetic revelation. The mystery of prophetic revelation says every genuine prophetic word comes as a revelation and because it comes as a revelation it is easy to doubt it fight against it and resist that revelation the reason is because it does not look like your reality man is living in a realm of reality the prophetic is in a realm of revelation now when you compare revelation to your reality they are opposite they are not the same so you can easily doubt it you can easily fight it you can easily reject it an example is what happened in second kings chapter 6 at least chapter 6 when elijah came to town and the bible said elijah said tomorrow by this time there shall be food now the word he spoke was a revelation but the word did not look at the reality of the people. The people were going through a time of famine. So when the minister of agriculture compared the revelation to reality, he saw that they were not the same. So he rejected it. When Saul met Samuel, Samuel said to him, There is a donkey you are looking for, and these donkeys have been missing three days ago. But those donkeys have been found. Now, when Saul compared the revelation to his reality, they were the same. So he agreed. But when Samuel went on and said, You are going to be the first king of Israel. He said, no, it cannot happen. Why? The word you are going to become a king was a revelation. He compared the revelation to his reality and he saw that to become a king, you need to come from the royal family. And to him himself, in their nation, his tribe was the least. In their tribe, his clan was the least. 
in their clan, his family was the least. In their family, his father's children were the least. Among his father's children, he was the least. So he said, sir, as I compare this revelation to my reality, they are opposite. It cannot happen. Mary was there and an angel appeared to Mary and said to Sister Mary, you are going to be pregnant. You will not know a man, but you will be pregnant. And the baby shall be called this. Mary looked at the revelation, compared it with her reality, and said, Sir, I don't know a man. How can this thing be? Mary asked question because the revelation was higher than her reality. But when she embraced the revelation, when she accepted the revelation, when she worked with the revelation, Mary became pregnant. The same angel went to Zachariah. Zachariah was a priest. Zachariah had married for a long time, but could not impregnate the wife. When the angel came and spoke, Zachariah wanted to mess up with the revelation. So the angel had to touch the mouth. You won't be able to speak. Abraham was looking for a baby. Then suddenly he saw three angels, brought them to the house, fed them. Then when they were about to leave, they asked Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? And yet by this time, Sarah will embrace a son. Sarah laughed. Because when she compared the revelation to her current reality, she came to the conclusion it cannot come to pass. Understand that every prophetic word comes as a revelation. When you compare the revelation only to your reality, you frustrate the power of prophecy. When I was told I was going to become a prophet, I doubted it. But I immediately tuned myself for fulfillment of revelation. 19 years, 16 years after, I am a prophet. When you receive a revelation, it comes as a seed. You can kill a seed. You can stop a seed from growing. But you cannot stop a tree from growing. That's why when you receive a revelation, you need to be careful who you share the revelation with. Do you know, Joseph had a revelation of his future. He was going to become a prominent person. Without going to Egypt, he would still have become. But his mouth was too big. He shared until he had enemies. Saul met Samuel when he left and met his uncle. The uncle asked him, boy, where are you coming from? He said, we met Samuel. And the uncle has been there for long and knew that it is impossible to meet Samuel without a prophetic word. So, he asked, what did somewhere tell you? 
And Bible said, he said, Samuel told me that the donkeys have been found. But of the matters of the kingdom, he was quiet. The problem with many people is that they won't rise to tell people the word they have received. Revelation can be killed. Well, I'll get there one day. Let me move on. Number, number nine is the mystery of fulfillment. It says that the glory of prophecy is in the fulfillment of prophecy. Prophecy has about seven nature. The first nature is the nature of the source. The second nature is the nature of revelation. The third nature is the nature of interpretation. That means after you receive a revelation, that revelation needs clarity, needs interpretation. That's why Pharaoh had the dream revelation. But he did not understand the dream. He needed someone to bring interpretation. So the next one is interpretation. After interpretation, we come to the nature of application. What must I do? Bible says in the days, a man rose up called Agabus. And Agabus prophesied that there was going to be famine. The Christians who had it, they knew how to Get out of famine. So even though the famine happened, it did not affect them. So, application. What must you do with prophecy? Prophecy is not meant to be celebrated. Prophecy is not meant to be committed to memory. Prophecy is meant for running. Bible says Jesus met a woman in John chapter 4, or chapter 3, chapter 4, and Bible said, Jesus said to the woman, go and bring your husband. Woman said, sir, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, sir, woman, you have had five husbands, and all of them have left you. And even the sixth man is not your husband. The woman said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. The next minute, the woman ran to her city. When you receive prophecy, you run with it. Because as potent as prophecies are, they don't just get fulfilled. If the Lord says, you are going to become the most renowned international lawyer in your season. And you go to school and you read, you go and read medicine, you become a medical doctor. You frustrate prophecy. Write the vision now. And make it plain upon the table that he might run it, that read it. So when you receive prophecy, you need to run. So let me leave it next time. I'll come there. But the last nature of prophecy is fulfillment of prophecy. When you receive prophecy, what must give you excitement is not the fact that your name must be mentioned. What must give you excitement. It's not the fact that your telephone number was mentioned. It's not the fact that they said you become this. It is when the prophecy come to pass. That's why you stay the scripture you hear. And that's why the Lord. 
and you hear, and it came to pass. Anytime you hear that says the law, you must see, and it came to pass. Because that is the glory of prophecy. Let me move on, number one. Number ten is the mystery of prophetic mentorship. Or the mystery of prophetic discipleship. The mystery of prophetic mentorship says, the prophet of God has a responsibility of equipping the body of Christ with eyes to see and ears to hear in the supernatural. As a prophet, my responsibility is not a prophesy. That dimension is for babies. Even though I prophesy. But my major responsibility is to equip you with eyes to see in the spirit and ears to hear in the spirit. That's what the Bible said. God came to Moses and saw that Moses was about to die because Moses was not spreading the oil, was not releasing the oil upon his life. So God said to him, this thing you will die. Gather 70 elders. Now when you gather them, let them separate themselves. And I will come down and I will take the spirit upon you and I will spread it upon them so that that which you can do as Moses, they can also do. And Bible said, when that they came, 68 were present, two of them were going to meet their girlfriends or their wives or their sisters or they were going for contract. Bible said, God took the spirit upon Moses and placed it on them. And they started prophesying. Then some people ran and said, sir, there are two people. They are not in the camp. They are illegitimate illegal people. They are prophesying. Joshua, who knew that if Moses is not there, you will be the next in command. He says, sir, it's my position they are contesting for. Let us stop them. Moses said, God's desire, God's wish, is that all his people are prophet. What is the right rendering? The right rendering is this. God's desire, God's wish, is that all his people can understand issues like prophet. Can operate like prophet. Can hear his voice and see into God's plan. So, you know, over the years, we have not been taught. That's why there are excesses in the prophetic. <laughs> That's why there are excesses. Imagine I pick you right now. And I begin to minister to you. And I start telling you things about yourself. And everything I say is true. I tell you that, madam, you have been in seven relationships. The first guy was Anthony Mensah. The second was David Osai. The third was that. The fourth was that. And everything is true. And I tell you that God is even telling me, in your house, you are three lap packed. 
The first one, the card number is GE 1717. That's whatever. And I give you the thing, I give you, I give you the third one. And I tell you now. Now God is telling me, give me your three cars. If you analyze these words very well, the first one I said was true. The second was true. The third was true. The fourth. So you agree that this final one is also true. Why? Because the people of God are now. Let me give you a personal example. Many years ago, this is about more than 10 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, uh, I was struggling in life. So I was in this taxi. Then at the back of the taxi, there were two ladies with us there. And these two ladies were discussing a man of God in a bad way. And I don't like that. They have just closed from the man of God's meeting. And they were criticizing him. So I got a nod and God opened my eyes. So when God opened my eyes, I said, hey, madam, you are called so, so and so. The Lord showed me that yesterday you were in a certain hotel in Takra, the Costa Hotel. Room number so, so and so. And I saw you had sex with this man. This is the name of the man. The girl now sat down and listened to me. I said, let me show you. Even the box that the man was wearing, this is the color. Even your own. I go into details. And the girl started crying. I said, God is even telling me, you have HIV AIDS. Hallelujah. Immediately I was done with that, I asked driver, our light here. Because I know I have caused commotion. So when I got down, they also got down. They got down to follow me. Man of God, what can we do? So I said, hey, listen. Next time, don't be talking about men of God like that. And I said, yes, what you did was a sin. But ask God to forgive you. And God will forgive you. But for the HIV AIDS, God did not tell me. That one I decided to tell you myself. I made them cry. Brother, don't you think it is possible? Other men of God are telling us what God did not tell them. Are you not sure that it is possible? We are telling you what God has never told us. But the reason why he was swallowing it like fufu is because spiritually you are blind. You are deaf and dumb. Spiritually. You can't see anything. See, there's some of you, they call you and say, uh-uh, Madam, Madam, who won't be in the witchy? Now, who won't be in the witchy? 
Nesuru eye jata. Nasi eye kotre. Na niti eye kramai. Na nete kramai eye wawo. By the time they are there, you collapse. Because if this is the kind of spirit following you, why are you alive? You must say. What am I that doesn't mean that those descriptions are not true. They are true. They are true. But what I'm stressing is that it is possible we can tell you what God has never told us. Because you don't want to grow. Because you don't want to fast. You want someone to see for you. But my biological father, when he wants to talk to me, he called my line and he speak to me. My father will not speak to me through another person. So God's desire is to communicate to you personally. Those who do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do. But God released a prophet so that we will train you. We will teach you. We will help you to come to the realm to hear and to see. That's why in the olden days, you will see that the prophet had schools. There was one prophetic school in a place like Rama. Rama. There was another one at Bethel. That's why when they go to Bethel, the sons of the prophet. In Second Kings chapter 7 or so, when this guy came together and told the man of God, where we are is so limited. Let us go. They were the sons of the prophet. They were, they were a picture of the body of Christ. That the prophet's responsibility is to help them to know God. So that they can also see, they can hear. But what we have major on is this. When we come open to John chapter 106 verse 3. You don't know the Bible. You are looking for John 103 verse 6. You open and there is nothing. And he said, okay. Give me Isaiah chapter 93 verse 4. And because you don't know, you are even searching for wait. And they come and they say, Okay, give me Moses chapter 5, verse 1. And they said, There's no Moses. Okay, for the last time, give me Jesus chapter 1, verse 2. Then they get tired and say, Ah, me, Shanko, man, I said, Me, pretty. Now I'm going to say, Shanko. So then. They prophesy all right. But the people are not growing. Because the people receive the prophecy in times of battle because they don't know the word. They don't know how to battle with the word they have received in order to see the manifestation. So they sit down and prophecy does not come to pass. And they say, all oh, this prophetic is not true. Oh, my, my God.
my God. But the responsibility, the Bible said, the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints. Pastors have a way of equipping the saints. The prophet have a way of equipping the saints. That's why when we encounter a genuine prophet, your desire to know more about God must increase. In fact, you want to prophesy. You want to prophesy. So God released prophet to mentor. Believers, train them. Help them because everybody here, God in one way or the other has spoken to you before. Can I show you? But the problem is that you did not recognize that it was God. Bible says Samuel was in the house of the Lord. There were no open visions. Now one day Samuel had Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. When Samuel looked and analyzed the voice, it was the voice of Eli. So the voice of God at times sounds like the voice of man. So he ran to Eli and said, Sir, you called me. He was hearing God's voice, but he was attributing it to the voice of man. So some of you, you are hearing the voice of God. God is speaking to you, but because you have not grown up, you are attributing it to the voice of man. The problem was that someone did not have someone to teach him the ways of the Lord. But immediately Eli stepped in and taught him the ways of the Lord. He became one of the best and most refined prophets in Israel. You know, God has given me a beautiful baby. My baby is 10 months. Powerful. She's grown. We'll be prophesying together. Do you know that Minel can make sounds? Do you know that when I speak, my baby hears what I say? The problem is, she does not understand what I'm saying. So everybody is hearing the voice of God. The problem is that we don't understand what God is saying. So unless you are taught, you are trained, you won't be able to recognize the voice of God. How many times haven't you been there? And suddenly, someone you are not thinking about, you are, I mean, the person is not even on your line, and the person's thought drops into your mind. Ah, 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 why am I thinking about accident for this person? And maybe you don't do anything about it. The next three days you hear the person had an accident. Ah, but I knew it was God speaking to you. Number 11, the mystery of prophetic edification. The office of the prophet is to edify and build up the body of Christ. The prophet works with other ministry gifts to perfect the saint for the work of the ministry and for the edification of the body of Christ. The office of a prophet is a foundational ministry that helps the church to grow. Anytime a prophet enters a local church, there are three things that must happen. 
it is the responsibility of the church, of the prophet, to make Jesus revealed. So if a prophet enters your church, enters your life, the first responsibility is to reveal Jesus. The second is to strengthen the work of the pastor. So if I am invited to a church, by the time I leave, the members of the church must not follow me. Must not become members of my church. Because I go there to strengthen the hands of the pastor. So any prophet who comes to your work, by the time he is done, all your members are now his church members. He's a dangerous prophet. <laughs> this one makes other people annoyed, but that is the truth anyway. And also to activate the gifts, the gifts in the church. So when a prophet comes around, he does not call Jesus to be seen. He does not strengthen the work you are doing, but rather can even open his mouth and tell your associate pastor, follow me. Or do you know that your pastor is not correct? That's a dangerous prophet too. Over the years, we have seen dangerous prophets in this nation. And not one prophet. If he preach for you, the next day you will lose your associate pastor. And not another prophet. By the time he finished preaching for you, he's advertising his program on your own pulpit. Organizing it in your own place. That the Lord told me I should have a conference close. A sick prophet. Because they don't know. They are the people who say, I am more anointed than a pastor in sickness. They don't know the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. When they come together, I can lift up my phone. But if I miss any of them, lifting my phone becomes a burden. So when the fivefold ministry works, in union, the body is built up. So if this one comes around and want to divide the body, you run away. That's what Romans says. Mark them. And avoid those who cause divisions among you. A prophet come to preach for you. By the time you are done, all your church members are becoming a church member. He's a dangerous prophet. I come and preach for you. By the time I am done, I am starting my church close to your church. Dangerous prophets. They are part of the reason why the prophetic is losing its glory. Because instead of using this glorious gift to build the body, we are building our own empire. That is why that we, were, we were in a place in Nigeria. They told, before I got there, they said to me, on the poster, they will write reverend. Why? Prophet, of course, commotion is, is it, where? Onicha. Prophet, of course, commotion there. They enter your church. They use your church members to build their church. So they said, we will use reverend. I said, did I tell I am reverend? They said, okay, we'll use pastor. I said, then I won't come. Use prophet. 
He said, if we use prophet, the people will not come. I said, that's not my problem. They use prophet. Ask him. When we entered, we were talking to the man of God. And he was asking me about my man so well. One of the ministry God has given me is that I enter into the spectacular and the dramatic. So that means as I've come here, I'm going to enter people's offices, people's house, people's names, uh, uh, the, I mean, numbers, all kinds. He said, no, 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 we don't want that one. You preach and go. I'm telling you. I entered the church. When I was introduced as a prophet, all of them were dead. Hallelujah. No, amen. Amen. No, hallelujah. Because some people that God gifted, it was an Anglican church. That they could have used their gift to build it. By the time they were done, they broke the church. Oh, um, they print their posters or flyers. You know, man of God, they will even tell you on your pulpit, man of God, you know, the Lord told me um, this, this conference center, that's here, just a street. I, I'm supposed to use it for my own conference. So we are starting tomorrow. So all of you come. So you are sitting there. How can you take my place? Say no. So all of you, tomorrow we are starting there. That is not your church. It's my own. But the time he's done, more than because when he came, you saw the evidence of the gift. But the evidence of the character. But because most believers, God, give me a word. Most believers or some believers are not growing up. They follow everything. Even if Alaji wears suit and come here, they will follow. I'm telling you, if Kwekubon Sam rider wears suit, it will surprise you. Oh no, he's a man of God. Come and see. Hallelujah. No, amen. I preach, I preach. The word keeps on bouncing back to me. I taught on a prophet. They did not mind me. Hallelujah. You look at people's faces and look as if that you have a problem with them. I have never preached anywhere that whilst I'm preaching, I wish that the program has already come to an end. Then when I was done, I wanted to prophesy. I said, okay, maybe if God give me one deep one, it will change these people. So, I said, I'll go back. That man at the back, bring him. They brought the man. I said, sir, you know, as I'm talking to you, I have entered this area, and that was my first time in Onicha. I've entered this area, this street at Onicha. When I got there, I saw a bank, and I saw the bank, the written Fidelity Bank, and I entered inside the bank, and I saw you there. We entered a foreign exchange section, and God is telling me, you work at the Fidelity Bank. This is the address. And, and inside, you are the foreign exchange bank. You are the head. I prophesy. They don't even clap. By the time you are done, you want to ask to move. They don't mind me. Hey, I picked a, a girl. I said, lady, listen to me. Your father gave birth to seven girls. The first one is called this. The second is this. The third is this. The fourth is this. The fifth, the sixth. All of you, you are not married. I promise. I mentioned the father's name. I entered. I even entered their house. It did not move the people. Hey. 
I called the third person. I mean, when I look at the thing, I said, okay, we'll close. We'll continue. We came back the same day because it was two, the, the same they were preaching morning and evening. This time, once I was coming, I have already regretted. And I said, Nagachale, we need to find a way to go back. So I preached. This time, they did not mind me. But they saw that I was different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because all those who came there, they opened my Bible and they put that. And God said, and God said, receive it. And I said, hey, 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 receive it. Before they realize, 10 minutes, they are finished. And it's that prophecy. So I preach a little. Uh, I prophesied, they did not mind me. By the next day, the attitude changed completely. So I told before God, Master, we are closing the meeting today. They can't abuse my gift. What have I done? Am I other prophets? Why are they abusing me? We will go. Now, this time, the lady brought the father and the sisters. And all of them were in one room. And I preached a letter. And come and see, smile today. Then when I start prophesying, they were shocked. And they were shouting. Even when they must not shout, they will shout. <laughs> Immediately we're done. I, I told man of God, man of God, I'm going back to Ghana. He said, oh no, we are not done. I said, yes, we are not done. But I'm already done. If you won't get my ticket for me, I have enough money to buy my ticket. So we'll go. He pleaded. I said, no. I left. He has been calling me. I've not been picking. Now, don't take me to places where your people abuse me because of other people's mistake. We have suffered. The biggest church I preached in, in Nigeria. That church. Do you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. The day, in fact, when I arrived that day, I was supposed to minister that, but I was tired. So I told them I'm tired. So my father continued the message, the, the meeting. Then I was supposed to now start on Tuesday. Then my father and the host were inside talking, but they have opened the door, and I was around. And he was telling, I know, Apostle, you need to continue the meeting. And they said, no, 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 no. No, the prophet has come. So no, I know the prophet has come. He has already invited me. I know the prophet has come, but I want you to continue. So, Papa, you know that a bed in hand is bad. And the man was quoting. You know a bed in hand is better than 10,000. <laughs> That's what he said in the bush. So my, pa- my father said, you know... The ten, when 10,000 in the bush is here, it's better than a bed in hand. So, unwillingly, the man said, okay. Why? Because of how prophet have messed them up. When I got there, I stood at the pulpit. I preach, I preach, I preach, I preach. I preach, I preach. I preach, I preach. And the man just got up. And the man said, Yes. And the man was up, and the wife was up, and they said, Yes, I was preaching some prophetic understanding. Wow, wow, <laughs> these people. So when I came, they did not see wow, wow, wow. Then before they realized, 
The church is big. I've never seen a big church like that before all my life. So, I said, God, give one striking prophetic word. Then you see, you know, most of them go, they do. Um, there is someone here. You are called Mata, Mata, Mata. Then Mata, all Mata people came for. It's a realm of prophecy. It's, an, it's a realm. But I don't want that one. Because almost all the people have gone there, they have gone to do Mata, Mata. And I was not ready for Mata. So I, and God showed me, God said, walk through the crowd. And I was walking through the crowd. I was walking. And the angel tapped me. He said, look at your right hand side. I look. He said, look at the guy's shoe. And I look at the guy's shoe. And I said, young guy, stand there. And I said, I see your wife. And I prophesied by the wife. Prophesied by the wife brother. Prophesied about the brother. And as I see a star on your head. And that star is also on a baby. And I mentioned the baby's name. And I said, said that's the baby's name. And as I see the star moving in the church. Big church. And I was following the star. I followed the star like that. Until the star came to the altar. To where the uh, is it instrumental is or where. And sat on somebody's head. And I said, the same star on your head has sat on this guy. And I mentioned two names. And I said, God said, that baby is your baby. And that baby is your baby. What is the relationship? They were brothers. They were brothers. And the church caught fire. And now, the man of God took his anki. Wiped my hair like this. Eva, he, he, he came down. I'll cross and I'll prophesy. And he'll come back and say, wow. Hallelujah. We are closing. Tomorrow we'll prophesy.